By opting for plant-based alternatives, we reduce the demand for animal products and consequently the emissions associated with their production. Creative solutions are the best contributions we make. Welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. This episode is brought to you by my Beach Read Bundle. Buy my book, The Fiddler's Talisman, and get the sequel, The Piano's Key, half off. This special bundle is on sale through June 21st, the first day of summer. It's also brought to you by the Brain FM app and this podcast host, Podbean. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram or TikTok and check out our shop for merch, music, and musings. The links are all in the show notes. Hello and welcome to the Creative Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Isolde Trachtenberg, and this is another Vegan Life Solutions episode. If you stay tuned through to the end, I'm going to have a special little mindfulness exercise for you. This is all in preparation for the Meditation for Busy People class that's coming out soon, but it's a fun little exercise that combines what you eat and how you are. It's really, it's really a really cool exercise. I hope you join me for the end. Well, I'm thrilled to have you join me on this enlightening journey as we explore the profound impact of veganism on our planet. In today's episode... I'm going to turn my attention to a pressing issue, the carbon footprint of animal agriculture. Get ready to uncover the startling truth behind animal agriculture's contribution to climate change and discover how adopting a vegan lifestyle can be a powerful tool in mitigating this global challenge. Let's dive right in. It's no secret that our planet is facing a climate crisis, and it's crucial to understand the role that animal agriculture plays in this situation. Livestock farming, particularly the production of meat and dairy, has an undeniable carbon footprint. That's a measure of the greenhouse gas emissions associated with a particular activity. Picture our planet as a delicate balance, a scale that must be in balance or equilibrium for the well-being of all living beings. However, the heavy weight of animal agriculture threatens this balance, tilting the scale towards environmental degradation. And let's face it, if there is a delicate balance and equilibrium for all beings, the whole idea of animal agriculture brings everything completely out of whack because of the literally billions of animals that agriculture uh, kills destroys slaughters every year. To put this into perspective, let's use the analogy of a campfire. Imagine the burning embers as the greenhouse gases released into the atmosphere, trapping heat and contributing to global warming. Now imagine the flames as the livestock industry continually stoking the fire and intensifying its impact. By understanding the magnitude of this analogy, we can recognize the urgent need for change. And again, I will always point out that the urgent need for change on behalf of the animals is incredibly important as well. We, We have to think of it in those terms because billions of animals are dying every year for meat consumption, whether it's, uh, beef or, or pig, cow or pig, beef or pork, uh, dairy, the dairy industry. When I found out what actually happens to dairy cows when they're done giving milk, I, I had to go completely vegan because I couldn't participate in in that industry. But let's get back to the carbon footprint. The carbon footprint of animal agriculture, of livestock farming is huge. 
animal agriculture is responsible for a substantial share of global greenhouse gas emissions. From methane released by the animals to deforestation for grazing and feed crops, every bite of meat or sip of dairy has a hidden environmental cost. The production of meat and dairy products accounts for a significant portion of carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide emissions, all of which contribute to the climate crisis. Picture this. The carbon footprint of livestock farming is silently leaving its heavy footprints on our planet's delicate ecosystem. Animal agriculture, like a mighty behemoth, bears a substantial responsibility for the global greenhouse gas emissions. It's as if we've unknowingly given the keys to a powerful engine that's driving climate change forward. But let's zero in, zoom in, and uncover the hidden costs that lie beneath each mouthful of meat or sip of dairy. It's like a secret recipe with ingredients that include methane released by the animals and deforestation for grazing and feed crops. Every bite we take carries an unseen environmental cost, like a silent thief stealing away our planet's resources. The production of meat and dairy products, like an orchestra of pollutants, releases a symphony of carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide emissions. These greenhouse gases, like the conductors of climate change, are driving our world towards a crescendo of consequences. You know me, I'm always going to use music if I can. But it's time to confront the realities and embrace the solutions. In this episode, I want to unravel the intricate web of connections between animal agriculture and climate change. I want to explore the transformative power of plant-based choices and discover how each one of us can contribute to building a more sustainable future. Embracing a vegan lifestyle can make a tremendous difference. By opting for plant-based alternatives, we reduce the demand for animal products and consequently the emissions associated with their production. It's like turning down the heat on the campfire, gradually diminishing its impact on the environment. But the benefits of veganism extend beyond greenhouse gas reduction. By transitioning to a plant-based diet, we promote environmental resilience and resource efficiency. Let's take a minute to envision a lush garden, each plant contributing its unique qualities to create a harmonious ecosystem. In this analogy, animal agriculture represents a resource-intensive factory that drains the garden of its vitality. However, as we embrace a vegan lifestyle, we cultivate a garden of sustainability and conservation. We nourish it with plant-based choices that require fewer resources, such as water and soil. The power to combat climate change is in our hands. Every meal represents a chance to make a positive impact. By choosing vegan alternatives, we join a collective effort to mitigate the carbon footprint of animal agriculture and foster environmental resilience. And of course, we save animals. Each bite becomes a tangible action, a step towards a more sustainable and conservationist future. As I conclude this eye-opening episode, I invite you to take action. Dive deeper into this topic. Educate yourself on the carbon footprint of livestock farming and discover the multitude of resources available to support your journey towards a vegan lifestyle. Seek out documentaries, books, and online communities that provide valuable insights and practical tips. 
check out Game Changers, which is a great documentary about vegan athletes and peak performers. And what's interesting about it is just now, I just found out they're doing a sequel. So many people have embraced a vegan lifestyle as part of it that they that they have enough footage to do another one. And also don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and join the Patreon community where you can access exclusive bonus materials, in-depth interviews with experts, and additional resources that will deepen your understanding of veganism's role in mitigating climate change. I hope you've enjoyed this Vegan Life Solutions episode. I think together we can recognize the power we hold to make a difference in combating climate change through veganism. And by subscribing to the podcast or joining the Patreon community, I'll help you stay informed and empowered. You'll gain access to resources and engage with a supportive community of people who are passionate about creating a sustainable future. Remember, the carbon footprint of livestock farming is a critical issue, but with every meal choice, we have the opportunity to contribute to a healthier planet. Let's embrace the power of veganism and be the change we want to see. Okay, you've made it to the end of the episode. Here is your bonus. This is a bonus little mindfulness tip that I think is super cool. The next time you eat, I want you to sit before you eat. It's almost like saying a prayer, except for it's not. And if you pray before you eat, good on you. This is not exactly like that. This is more sit down and breathe and get into a place where you are centered. So the best way to do that is sit down, feet flat on the floor, and put your hands right on your knees and relax. Just take a deep breath in and then a deep breath out. And then another one in, and then let it out. And one more time, breathe in and out. And once you've gotten to that place of I've breathed and I feel a little different, and I'm willing to bet that you're going to feel different, look at your plate, look at the food on your plate, and take a moment to notice exactly what's on your plate. What are the ingredients? And are you seeing vegetables or fruit? Whatever it is you're seeing, take a look at it and mark each one for yourself. For example, let's say you're eating pizza. Notice the crust. Notice if it's a thin crust or a thick crust. Notice the amount of cheese. Vegan, of course, for me, but vegan cheese or non-vegan cheese. Notice what is on there. As far as cheese, notice the hills and valleys of the of the cheeses that covers the pizza. Notice the toppings you have on it. Personally, I love mushrooms, sliced tomatoes, black olives, and fresh basil, but you might want something else. But notice how much of the tomato covers the pizza or how much of the black olive covers the pizza. And notice the gestalt of the colors and the scent. What is the aroma of the of the thing that you are eating? And then Take your fork and very slowly either take a bite of your slice, if that's what you happen to be eating, or get a bite of whatever it is. And as you raise it to your lips, before you taste it, look at the bite and see what are, and this I know sounds a little strange and a little When Harry Met Sally, if you have ever watched it, she, no, not When Harry Met Sally, I'm sorry, the mirror has two faces, Barbara Streisand's character liked to make the perfect bite. She would put just the right ratios for her of the different foods on her plate to make 
a, a, an amazing gestalt, an amazing, amazing conflagration of tastes and flavors. And I invite you to do the same thing. So mindfully put that perfect bite together and note, if you will, what that is for you. Just be very almost reverent about this. This is something you're putting into the temple that is your body. So be very, very curious and very focused and very reverent about what it is you're about to ingest. And notice for yourself as you lift the fork to your mouth, whether or not you're inhaling the aroma of the food, what that smells like. And then when you put it in your mouth, take a second and just get the taste of the flavors in your mouth and note for yourself what those flavors are. Is it a sweet or a savory bite? Is it uh, salted? Are there herbs and spices? What are they? Really dig into the internal process of understanding what you are putting in your mouth and what its textures and flavors and spices and herbs are. And as you do so, really honor that. Take a moment and, and, and sort of give gratitude for the ability to really experience the pleasure of that first bite and also for the food itself. And then once you've really taken that moment, go ahead and chew, but chew thoughtfully. Uh, I invite you not to, I tend to chew very quickly and I'm, and I'm in the middle of a process of learning how to chew slower and enjoy my food more and eat slower in general. I know they say it's good for you, but for me, I'm always like, I'm in a hurry and I try to eat very fast so that I can get on to the next thing. And I invite you instead to go, okay, I am going to just, whoo, I'm going to chill out and I'm going to chew slowly every single bite of whatever this meal is and see if you can appreciate, again, the textures, the flavors, the aroma. Does it change depending on the bite that you're taking? Because I'm not sure what you're eating, but whatever it is you're eating, see if you can get a, a new experience almost with every bite of the meal that you're eating. And see how you feel when you're done. I'm willing to bet you, you're going to feel beautiful. It's going to feel amazing. And it, 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 I would love to hear from you if you want to let me know what it is that you have eaten. And did it change you a little bit as far as uh, how you feel and how, you, uh, how mindful you feel? before versus after. This is something that's important. I mean, it is. The food we put in our bodies is the thing that nourishes us to keep living, to keep going, to keep striving, to keep thriving. And yet we don't often take the time to go, okay, I, I have done this and I'm eating it and I'm going to eat it mindfully. And if you want a real bonus, before you eat what it is that you've made, spend some time being mindful in the cooking process. If you are eating something you've cooked, right? When you The next time you cook, do the same thing. See if you can be very mindful about the, uh, the, the vegetables that you're putting into the dish, right? Are they tomatoes? Are they, is it spinach? What is it? Are, look at the colors. Notice the fragrance of the, the ingredients themselves. Inhale, if you're using spices or herbs, inhale their aroma. See if you can get a full sensuous experience. Really get your senses into the process of eating and or preparing the food and see how that feels. It's a really interesting exercise and I invite you to try it and, and definitely let me know how it goes. I hope you've enjoyed this little bonus.
This is all on the way to uh, to the release of Discovering Meditation, which is my very short class that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Very excited about it because it's really what I call, <laughs> I know it's got this long, discover meditation, find calm and joy in just five minutes a day, which is the official title, but I keep calling it Meditation for Busy People because I think that... We tend to think that you have to be a guru up in the mountains in order to have a true and full meditation practice and have to be, you know, oh, hour a day or even half hour a day or 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening, which are great. This is a great practice and I am not poo-pooing it at all. If you can do that, if you have the time for that, great. Some people don't. Many people don't. Many people go, I just don't have the time in my day to take that much time to meditate. And I get it. I totally get it. So... I'm developing this class, or I have developed this class, which is all about doing it just five minutes a day. And I'm willing to bet, quite frankly, that if and when you start doing this, like if you enroll in the class and you do the class and you start, it's going to be something really cool because you will eventually go, you know what, this is so beneficial to me. I'm going to eke out more time in my day to do it. And I'm willing to bet you'll have more time (laughs) in the day to do it, which I think is super cool Uh, because mindfulness allows you to, it's a, it's an incredible time saver when you uh, start really reaping the benefits of having a mindfulness practice. Regardless though, in the moment, just five minutes a day gets you started. And the the class is going to be available roughly the first week of July, which is very exciting for me because I've been thinking about it for so long. And I finally went, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to develop a class because so many people talk to me about, I just don't have time to meditate. And I thought, okay, let's get something that's super easy and super accessible to people so that they can do it for five minutes a day. And something I'm doing that's really cool is for the first few weeks of the first really two weeks that the class is available, uh, you if you sign up, you can get on a special sort of Zoom call with me where I'll answer any questions and help you out on your meditation and mindfulness journey. And, uh, and we'll all do a guided meditation together. I'll do a guided meditation for everyone on the call to get you even more even further into that process of developing your mindfulness practice. And one of the things that I'm doing, if you know me at all, you know I'm always about mindfulness and creativity. This is all my sneaky way to get you to open up your inherent genius, your inherent creative brilliance. So I'm really excited about all of that. I hope that you join me in the class. I hope that you join me for the next episode of the Creative uh, Solutions Podcast, which is going to be super cool. It's all about building awareness. I'm really excited about that. Come on back and be there for that. And until then, I am Isolde Trachtenberg for the Creative Solutions Podcast, reminding you to be bold, be creative, and most of all, be kind. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to the podcast if you're new, and it would mean the world to me if you told a friend about it. Today's episode was produced by Isolde Trachtenberg and is copyright 2023. As always, please remember this is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Past performance does not guarantee future results, although we can always hope. Until next time, keep living what you believe in. Thank you.